Call to the booth, our pick six series. We got our coaches up. What coach is going to be on the hot seat this season? Y'all tap in. Paul, drop that beat. Harrison Sanford, Aqib Tlaib, the end of our pick six series. We're talking about the top six head coaches in the NFL. And before we even started recording, Aqib, uh, you and I were just talking about, I kind of miss talking about the X's and O's and football in itself. Yes, we've been talking about free agency and roster building and rankings and this and that forth. But as we talk about the head coaches, I, we're actually going to maybe talk a little bit about X's and O's and schemes. And I think that's the the one part I've been missing in this offseason in the NFL because we don't really break down the film during this time of year. Hell yeah. When when you're playing <laughs> and the offseason is so long, it's good for you, right? You enjoy it. But when you're a fan, this offseason get too long, man. We ready to get to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get back to football, man. So I feel I feel the same way you do, you feel, Harris. I'm ready to get back to it, too. For sure. You've been you've imparted a lot of knowledge on myself and Paul and, and our audience throughout the course of the last year. So I can't wait to get back to it. With that being said, with all the knowledge that you've attained uh, during your playing career and watching tape, one has to know, have you ever been approached about being a coach in the pros? Not in the pros, not in the pros. I think coaching kind of like playing. You kind of got to, you know, work your way up. You kind of got to start somewhere or, you know, somebody, you know what I'm saying? But I haven't been approached, man, and I, I I probably decline politely, you know what I'm saying, because of the hours, but it ain't happened yet. Uh, if you were a head coach, if you did have that job, is there right. uh, an adjustment that you would make to either the way that practices are scheduled? Is there a certain scheme that you would make your own, like, you know, certain coaches come, as we'll talk about, certain right. coaches have created or popularized certain schemes. It, what would you be known for as a head coach? Well, I... I'll be I'll be one of the defensive coaches who I probably I probably uh, have a real coordinator and a real old coordinator. I wouldn't be one of the coordinators. A lot of a lot of head coaches nowadays they also the coordinator, right? I'll be I'll be the opposite. I'll be the 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 head coach who you know I, I trust my coordinators, let them do their thing. I control the vibe of the building, man. You know what I'm saying the confidence of the building, kind of like Mike Tomlin do, man. He don't really call no plays. He just run that ship, man. He just drive that boat. So. I'll be kind of in that in, in that kind of vibe. Spoiler alert, Mike Tomlin is in your top six, but there are uh, two Definitely. head coaches that won Super Bowls that did not make the top six. You have to stick around and listen to that. Uh, I'm very curious as to how uh, these two head coaches did not make the cut. We'll find out soon. But before we get to that, Akeem, uh, if you were a head coach, I'm curious. Uh, I think I know what the players who liked you as a head coach would say, you seem like a personal yeah. guy. As you said, you run the building. But you know it. There's also guys on the roster who just don't like the head coach, regardless of how good the head coach is. I wonder, if Aqib Tlaib was the head coach of a team, what would the players who did not like you say about you and your head coaching Ooh. style? They'll say, man, shit, bro. <laughs> coach Leave, he... He brutally honest, man. He he brutally honest, man. He going to tell you exactly like it is, exactly what you lack and exactly what you do good, exactly the situation as far as you making a team or not making a team. You know what I'm saying? So that's what, I think that's what players uh, uh, kind of dislike, but some of them will love it. Some of them will hate it. 
But I'm gonna be brutally honest, Harrison. The only way I know how to be. If you, what, what's that? What's that old saying? If you can't stand the heat, don't. If you can't stand hey, the heat, don't, the be, don't work it. Get out the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's exactly how the ship you'd run your ship, and I and I'm with Straight it. Up. I'm with it for sure. All right, uh, let's talk. We're gonna also have a, a segment here. We're gonna talk about coaches that are on the hot seat, and we'll get to that in just one moment. But before we do that. Uh, there are two coaching hires uh, this past offseason that kind of caught everybody a little bit by surprise in, in one sense, uh, one a little bit more obvious than the other. So Urban Meyer coming from Ohio State the year off after being at Ohio State, uh, now the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then you have a guy like Dan Sullivan, who was right. a tight end coach uh, for the New Orleans Saints and now the head coach for the Detroit Lions. Now you're no longer Akib the head coach, you're Akib the GM, uh, Akib right. the, the, the team owner. Is there a right. certain position group that you'd like to get your head coaches from? Uh, would you be for or against getting a guy from college? How, how did you view those two hires and how would it impact you as a GM picking out certain guys from certain trees, certain organizations and things of that nature? Well, I think these two these two hires is is, is what kind of that building needed, man. The Lions kind of, they needed some toughness. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they needed a, a different vibe, man, just a – a, a, a different culture and uh, Dan Sullivan he one of those ex-players who was a, a hell of a leader on this team man he was a tight end but he was one of the leaders one of the dogs on the team at all times so they want to kind of bring that vibe to their building and and Irvin Meyer is a winner Jacksonville trying to win some games they trying to bring a winning culture over there man and that's exactly what Irvin Meyer is so I like both of those hires man I think they could be good we're going to see we're going to see what uh what uh my dog JG do over there in, in Detroit but like I said, I think he's gonna play a lot better than a lot better than a lot of people gonna give him credit for. And I think the vibe over there is gonna be nice. But Lee, the GM, man, I think at, at this point right now in the NFL, I'm either I'm either getting somebody from that Shanahan tree over there with McVay and them, or I'm getting somebody from Big Red Tree, Andy Reid, man. Uh I'm going one of those two type of offenses. That's where I want my offensive coordinator from and my defensive coordinator. I uh, I I really I really like to play man, man. So I'm going more, you know, that way Phillips type system, Joe Woods kind of guys, man, guys who who come from a playing a lot of man coverage, switching it up, playing two man, getting interception, getting to blitzing the quarterback and creating turnovers, man. So I'm gonna be more in those in those kind of I'm gonna be plucking off those trees if I was a GM. Okay, so you're kind of hinting towards who you might see in that top six. Before we get there, last year at the end of the season, we did this segment called Hired and Fired, and we talked about head coaches throughout the NFL that could lose their job, could hold on to their job. We saw, I think, Akib, you predicted that Dan Quinn would lose his uh, midway through the season. That ended up what happened in, with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we're going to look at three guys here that might not have their job by the end of the season, depending on how their teams perform. Uh, some of them might be, some of it might be fair, some of it might not be. Let's start with one, Mike McCarthy. Second year in Dallas, should have Cowboys. Dak Prescott healthy uh, for year two as him, with him being the head coach. What do you think happens with Dallas and Mike McCarthy? Hired or fired? Definitely hired, man. I think, I think McCarthy going to have a nice season. Uh, he going to have all his guys there. He going to have his O-line. He going to have his backs. He going to have his quarterback. You know what I'm saying? His wide outs there, so... I expect I expect Dallas to win a lot more games, be a lot lot be a lot better than they was last year. So Mike McCarthy, he cool. For sh now, if the season goes upside down, with it only being year two, I still feel, and because it's the Dallas Cowboys, 
I feel right. as if the pressure will be on him because Dak is going to be assumed Dak is going to be healthy. Oh, definitely. Another year for C.D. Lamb. The defense can own, has to get better, and he would probably be responsible for at least seeing that uh, some level of improvement there. I assume that if it doesn't go well, he's probably the first casualty. Yeah, definitely. If it if it's a bad season, then he's probably gone. But I just don't see the Cowboys having a, a, a bad season like that, man. They got, they for got sure. some little speed. Young talent on defense, man. They got their leader back, so... But if it go bad, like you said, if it go bad, then it's gonna be a different story. Yeah, there's nobody else. There would be nobody else to blame because that roster is stacked. It's very much on the offensive side of the ball at the very least. Now there's right. another head coach who might have the roster, but might not have the quarterback. Uh, Vic mm-hmm. Fangio, 12 and 20 in two years as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, going into a pivotal year three with what would seem as Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. Still hired or fired by the end of the season? Well, it's all going to depend on this quarterback, like you said. So if some shape and, and one of these big-time quarterbacks end up in Denver, they win a lot of games, he's going to be straight. But I don't think it's going to shake. I think I don't really know what's going to happen with Watson. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay. So, man, if, it, if it's if it's a, a even or – under 500 years for, for Fangie, I think he gone, man. I think it's the last one. And then, you know, somebody else will come in with a hot, nice, hot defense and hopefully a quarterback. But quarterback-driven league, man, if you don't got no quarterback, it's going to be tough. So it's going to be tough for him. Fair or foul? Like, obviously, you're, you're familiar with what Vic Fangio has done with that team over the past two years, particularly, you know, you're. I know you're excited to see what they can do defensively. And let's say they play well defensively. You see good improvement uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but not necessarily from the quarterback. Is it fair to tie Vic Fangio's contract as the head coach to the quarterback? What if the quarterback is simply the problem? Like, it's not, it, yes, it's on yeah, Vic Fangio yeah, he, to he, help him improve, he won't be the right? First but coach. Like, go ahead. He won't be the first coach who, who fell in this kind of situation. I mean, sometimes that's just what it is. It's, you inherited a team who was looking for a quarterback. You ain't really found a quarterback. You got shipped out. The quarterback came in with a new coach just like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's just a that's just part of the business, man. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So it is what it is. You got to try to win another way. And it's hard to do mm-hmm. without a quarterback. For sure. Now, one guy who is getting his quarterback for this season, it would seem, coming back off of injury, a standout rookie season uh, until he got injured, Zach Taylor, who you know you know very well, 6-25-1 in that tough AFC North, still hired or fired by the end of the season? Man, I think Zach gone, man, just, just for the simple fact that that AFC North is tough. That's the only division that sent that had three teams win 10 games last year, I think. So that's a tough division, man. So I don't see them jumping those teams immediately. I see I – see, I see them getting better and better and, and catching the vibe, Burrow and them catching the vibe maybe a year or two years down the line, but not this year, man, and they're not going to wait on them. So I see a new coach coming in, inheriting a pretty good team and, and catching that and catching that win vibe. But uh, I think that's the last one for Zach Taylor. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they handle that situation because Joe Burrow had a standout rookie year until he got hurt last year. And to yeah. then, I think you probably could – you, you, you've either experienced this or know guys who went through this, it's probably not the best thing to kind of mess with a guy's system, head coach, particularly yeah. at the beginning of his career. So, like, 
there's there's a gift and a curse to potentially changing him at the end of the season. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, definitely. You 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 never know, but uh, at the end of the day, they're gonna look at wins and losses. And if you seven and <laughs> if you seven and thirty five, your chance chances of you being there the year after that is is if you thirteen and thirty five, the chances of you being there, you probably you're probably not going to be there, man. So it's going to take a hell of a year for Zach to be there. And, and they just, you know, he Joe Burrow. You a first-round pick. Whoever we make the offensive coordinator, you better make him look good, man. That's how I think of it. There you go. There you go. Uh, one thing they will have to do, though, they will need to have uh, improved offensive line play if they intend on making a, uh, that AFC North push uh, competitive. They working are, on it. As you, yeah, as you said, there are – that is a tough division. Probably, I would assume you probably think – the second toughest division in the NFL behind that uh, NFC West, I would assume, correct? Yeah, I mean, now that Drew Brees is gone, you know what I'm saying, that South lighting up a little bit, but I'll definitely say the North. Maybe, uh, let me see, the West, NFC West, NFC West, nah, they don't got the quarterbacks over there, but yeah, definitely, I'll, I'll go AFC North second, second behind NFC West. Yo, yo, this Keenan Allen. This is Jared Goff. Devin McCourty here alongside my guy, Jason McCordy on the other side. Yo, this is Tyron Matthew, and you know I had to make the call to the booth. You know how to make that call to the booth from my guy, Keith Talib. All right, let's do this. Uh, the top six, uh, Akeem's top six head coaches in the NFL. And again, as I alluded to uh, when we first started recording uh, here on the Blue, po- Blue Wire Podcast Network, Akeem has two Super Bowl head coaches not in his top six. Uh, before we get into that, what was the biggest challenge in putting this list together? Because sometimes, yes, you still have head coaches, but yes, you also need the talent and you also need the right. roster. So I know, imagine it's a very difficult thing so, to kind of compute. It was hard to whether I was going, was I'm thinking like all time or I'm thinking like right now what's going on right now or that was kind of the hard part. So I kind of tried to take your resume into consideration, but still focus on the top six in the league right now. That's kind of what I tried to do. Okay. All right. With that being said, you did put a Super Bowl winning head coach at number six coming in uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The most recent champion is Bruce Arians at number six. Why did he land at that spot? Uh, Number six, just because, uh, you know, he's he been around for a while, man. Some up years, some down years. But he always, he, he a winning culture guy. You know what I'm saying? He always pretty much got a winning winning team. Uh, the swag he brings to the team, man, he always got a super confident team, man. I love his style. Deep balls after deep balls after deep balls, and they hit you with power running. So it's going to be power running or deep balls, and, you know, it worked, man. It worked. And if you get a guy like Tommy, you know what I'm saying, to run that system, you see it work at his best, at his finest. You know what I'm saying? So come in at number six, man. I like what he's doing right now. Coming in at number five, and, and what you know, what we'll try and do here is you'll identify certain things about head coaches outside of just their ranking in general, things that make them right. unique or things that make them special. Uh, so you yeah. identified here the zones, the, the zone scheme uh, for Kyle yeah. Shanahan, uh, along with his two Super Bowl appearances, for him to come in at number five. Uh, what did you take away when when you evaluated Kyle Sh- Shanahan as a head coach and placing him there in that position at number five? Uh, just playing against. San Fran, the times I was in uh in LA, man, just feeling the vibe of that team. That's a super confident team, man. You could feel the confidence coming off. You see him on Instagram, you could feel the confidence coming off the videos. You know what I'm saying? So just Shanahan, you could tell he's super confident in what he's doing. 
he grew up around football, man, and, and that confidence spread throughout the building. I think he got a lot to do with it. Uh, take that zone scheme to a next level, to the next level, man, and and they dogs over there, man. They they can run the ball on anybody, and they got a bunch of stuff off of it, man. So innovating that going, innovating that that zone scheme, man. So he come in at number five, and I might as well get right to it. Number four, you know what I'm saying? Sean McVay, the same. They kind of in the same boat. I could have put one five, one four. They kind of in the same boat, man. Just they 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 level a, a, a knowledge on offense how they can have three runs, three plays, one a run. Run the pass, one a jet, but they all look the exact same. And the screen, four plays, the exact same looks, and it's four different plays. It all looked the exact same. Just they just they they cranking that zone scheme up to the next level, man. And that's why they came in at four and five young guys, and they winners too, man. Like you said, Super Bowl appearances uh, from Shanahan. You got playoff and Super Bowl appearances from Sean. Now those young guys is working on turning that turning that corner and, and getting a Super Bowl win. Something you alluded to, and I, I find it, it's obvious, but I'm also curious. You alluded to guys having confidence and having a certain swag. All these guys you mentioned, super intelligent and breed confidence throughout the locker room. Hell I'm wondering yeah. if, if, if you've had a, a situation or you've known of a situation uh, where a head coach didn't exude that confidence and didn't exude that, that ability to make his players believe in what that person was saying. Because, you know, a coach might have a perfect scheme, and it might be an intelligent scheme. It still might not work. But I imagine right. when you have buy-in from the players, uh, it makes things a lot easier. Can you? Th I, I'm just curious to see when have you encountered or heard of players being coached by guys that they weren't didn't believe in and what that meant on the field. Man, I had a few coaches where you just if the players in the locker room, we have a team meeting and we leave out of that team meeting like inside joking about what you was doing while you was up there. That means we don't, we are not all in on what you were saying in the front of that room. You know what I'm saying? So I've been around coaches like that on, on, on a couple teams where the guys just, as you ask the leader, they just not buying in. So, I mean, some guys can get up in front of the room and have everybody locked in, paying attention. And some guys that have you just, like I said before, kind of looking around. <laughs> laughing and holding it like we we big kids at the end of the day man it's a bunch of people kids who all y'all do is play football and go to school for your whole life you know what I'm saying now your school is just studying your ipad now so it's big kids in there man you got to hold their attention you got to really lead them guys and make them believe in what you're saying in the front of that in the front of that meeting so as somebody who's been captains on teams before i imagine you've also stepped up in those meetings and maybe implemented a, a play call or implemented a certain type of scheme for a certain team. Can you take us through those those moments where you kind of said, hey, let me get let me get one. <laughs> let me let me let me stand in front of the, the group or the team and kind of talk about yeah. what I, I, I see on the field. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to speak. Leave going to speak his mind. You know what I'm saying? So if we in on a Wednesday, we come in, boom, on a Wednesday. I just remember with the Rams, we come in on a Wednesday and they like, all right, we doing this. We plan on doing this. This is how we going to do it. And if I feel like that ain't it, I'm going to say it. Coach, man, why is we doing that? And we leaving this over like this. Well, this, we was thinking this. And I'm like, man, that's going to be playing with fire all day. They're going to see that early. So I'm going to chime in, man. I'm going to help as the guy who actually in the field, on the, on the field, and doing what you're asking us to do. I'm going to be honest with my coach at all times. And I think a lot of my coaches, most of my coaches respect that. So... 
No, I, I, and I respect that too, because hey, you, you're the one who's being put on TV. Right. So you exactly. want to have a, a, a modicum of responsibility for what you're putting on the tape and what you're showing the world. I always find it interesting exactly. as, as I've covered multi, as I've covered more sports and gotten more in tune to like behind the scenes stories uh, as I've gone further and further. It always that kind of irks me when I hear about a coach being stubborn and not listening yeah. to the players. Like the players could be wrong too, right? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a collaborative effort. A lot. We wrong a lot, but it's like you said, it's a it's a collab, man. We we the, the coaches who I've been around who kind of take heed to what the players saying might change some or kind of all right, come back the next day, all right, we switch it like this. What y'all think about this? That's it right there, coach. Them coaches who like that, like Joe Woods and them, AP and them, we done been to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? We done won the Super Bowl. We done won games because they know it's a team effort. Y'all coming up with the scheme, we gotta do the scheme. If we not comfortable doing it, it's not gonna be a good day. You know what I'm saying? So they just try to make us feel as comfortable as possible going out there. And the, and the coaches who do that, they they had great success. There you go. You got to you gotta be able to trust yourself, and you also got to be able to trust the people you work with. Football, yeah, as yeah. you've alluded to before, is a team sport for sure. Now, uh, coming in at number three, and, and, and another guy who's been known uh, as a leader of men, and we, you know, right. we talked about him early in the show, but he has come under immense criticism for what some people say as his inability to be creative enough as a play caller or to make the right play calls at times. Mike Tomlin at number three, what do you take? Like, yes, he's he's known as a great coach, but you've right. seen the criticism that he's had. What did you take of that as you put him at number three? Man, so Mike T always, always known for winning. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the main thing that, that, that got him at number three, man. You've been doing it for so long with so many different personalities. And you always winning, right? So, man, that, to me, that makes you a great leader. You know what I'm saying? You know what you're doing. And uh, last year, you had the longest win streak in the league. 11 games, was a, playing great football, then the injury bug caught you. So that's not really coaching when the injury bug catch you. You know what I'm saying? So I like how Mike T, I like his eye for talent, man. You get guys, Claypool, guys passing on Claypool. You pick him up, and I look at him. Everybody wish they picked him. Same with like guys like Emmanuel Sanders, guys like A.B., you know what I'm saying? You find he got a great eye for talent, man. His guys is always tough. I think he really preached toughness, responsibility, and you can see that in his football team, man. So always a good, a well, well-coached football team, man, by Mike Tomlin. So that's what got him in at, at number three. Do you think it's fair, the commentary that's been around his name in terms of, I mean, obviously he's had to go up against guys like Andy Reid and, and, and Bill Belichick, so it makes it a little bit right. more... You know, it's going to make it difficult to seem like he's the mastermind head coach when you're going up against guys like that. No disrespect to him. But do you think it's fair for people to question his abilities as a game tactician? Uh, I don't know. He got coordinators, man. He got coordinators. He don't, he don't call the plays, right? He one, of those, he one of those coaches who hire coordinators and let them do their thing. He probably got input on what they're doing, but man, he got to trust his guys too, man. And if, if, you, if you winning as much as Mike T win, the people going to have something to say, man. You're always going to be in their mouth. You're always going to be the, a, a topic at hand. They got to talk about you because you're always winning. You know what I'm saying? So as long as they're talking about him, he good. Okay. So there's only two left, which means, again, those two names, the, there's some guys who are going to be left out. Uh, tell, who you got, tell us who you got at number two and at number one. At number two, I put Big Red, man, Andy Reid, uh, just like I said. The winning, the the years worth of winning, for me is 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 
is what really gets you in that top three, man. I want to see the resume. Like I said, who doing it now? And if you're doing it now, what's your resume look like? And if it look like 10 years worth of going ham, you got to be in the top three. So he's been going crazy with, with Patrick Mahomes, with Alex Smith, with McNabb, and so on, man. So give him a quarterback, man. He got he, he, he damn near put the RPO system in the league. He, he creating new offense in the league, and then, and then one of his coordinators go somewhere else, they kind of adapt. So he got one of the main coaching trees in the NFL right now, man, one of the one of the most popular coaching trees in the NFL right now. So, man, he doing a lot of things. He doing a lot of things as far as innovating the game. And on top of that, he always winning games, man. So that's, what, that's how Andy Reid came in at number two. And at number one, man, of course, it's the GOAT, Bill Belichick, uh, like I said, what you're doing right now, and along with what your resume say, man, you have an off year like that. And I think injuries and holdouts had a lot to do with his year year last year. But just him not having Tommy, how he put his GM hat on, man, and go to work, make the team go from what it was last year to on paper. He probably got the best team in the league or one of them. You know what I'm saying? Top five team in the league. Make crazy offensive play. I mean, off-season plays. And then uh, what he do on defense, man, just – taking away what teams want to do on defense. I think he do it better than any other coach in the NFL. So, man, he always – he's damn near the D coordinator on the team. He's been that for for years. He don't really – he ain't labeled as a D coordinator, but I've been in the building. He really the D coordinator. So, when he want to take away what a team does, he he do it better than anybody else in the league, man. And he got more rings than everybody. So, as long as he in the league, he going to be number one on the list, man, Bill Belichick. For sure. Uh, so, as a player – you have a certain level of pride and just right. confidence and ego. And these are all like acceptable traits to have as a player. It right. probably makes you who you are. And so not surprised when we hear commentary about Tom Brady or from Tom Brady about his anger or disappointment or his ego kind of being kind of hurt when, you know, like now that he's out, the commentary about he needed Bill Belichick to succeed. I'm sure he felt great about being able to do it without being tied to Bill, even though they might, they probably have respect for each other. As somebody who's been coached by Bill Belichick, do you, I wonder, do you think he wants to prove it to people that he could win without somebody like Tom? Do you think he wants to, do you think he thinks about his legacy as, I don't want it to be necessarily tied to this quarterback who's the GOAT. Like, I want right. to show that like I could win without somebody of that caliber. Do you think he cares about that? I think so. I honestly think so, man. He he's one of the most competitive guys I ever been around, right? And if you won all your winnings has been with Tom, and then he y'all break up, he go win. It's just a fire lit up under you. It's like a, a whole new, you know what I'm saying, a whole new goal. It's hard to it's hard to set goals for yourself when you done been the coach of the year and you done been this. You done won back to back Super Bowls and you done won six rings and you done did all this stuff. It's hard to set goals for yourself, right? So I think he just look at it as another challenge, right? How, all right? how can I win chips on defense again like I did in the past with running the ball and, and not turning the ball over and playing great defense? So I think he look at it as another challenge, you know what I'm saying, and and he going to get to it. So I definitely think he think about that. I love when players are bold about, like, who they want to be or how great they think they are. I do think it would be a nice switch if coaches were, like, bold and honest about like no i want to be known right. as the best coach in the league like exactly. you know it's always talk, yeah, like, there's nothing wrong you know with like having it, right? pride yeah, you, you know they Come think on. about it right you, that's what they want to be right if you talk to them behind closed doors 
that's what they want to be, you know. So they 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 coaches, so they they you know respect the media. They don't really come off like that, but I know I'll be around them, man. That's that's what they want. At the end of the day, they want to be the best. Hell yeah, I tell people I got the best scheme. I got the best. You know, nah, like I put work Easy in. Work. I want I want I want my I want my credit too. All right. With that being said, speaking of credit not being given, as some might say, there are two Mm -hmm. head coaches who did not make this top six, Sean Payton and John Harbaugh. Please explain. Uh, Well, it was only six spots, man. And like you said, I I, definitely Sean Payton. I I was born in the NFC South. I seen him come in and go to work, man. So it was hard not to put him on there, but I don't know. I was just thinking this year, maybe they're not going to be as successful as they was because Drew gone. But I could have easily put him in four or five or six, in my opinion. Same with John Harbaugh, man. Just that winning culture for years and years and years, different quarterbacks and changing stuff up. So I respect what both of those guys do. Uh, and it was only six spots. So uh, the other guys, man, they they – I felt like they was deserving. And, uh, you know, man, if it was the top eight, they would have been in there. But it's only a top six. There you go. And at some point, you got to make space for the new wave. You can't have, you know, things change over time. So right, it's all right. good. And Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. I thought about Pete Carroll a lot, too, man. How he how he create that competition. He known for creating competition and practice and just making everything. bring. That's why he bring all them celebrities and stuff to practice, man. You know? If you see Snoop and all them guys out there, you're going to dress like it's a game and you're going to go. So he just smart on how he create that competition, man. I respect Pete Carroll for that. So he was another coach who, who, who was damn near top six on what he got going. I hear that. Uh, speaking of which, and speaking of like uh, bringing style or just swag, uh, I saw, you seen Russell Wilson's photos in Italy with Sierra? Have yeah, he those? was getting it in. I, we're talking about the workout video? I seen the Yeah, yeah the out. workout video. Yeah. yeah, he was going, man. <laughs> Russell a rock star, man. He a rock star. He do his thing, man. I love to watch him play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was doing, like, you out there in, in, in Italy and in Milan. With a drone. Fans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he got the drone following him around. He's doing yoga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the mountains by himself. Hey, that's that. Doing that's, it right. That's Russell. Doing he it rich, right rich. for sure. Doing it right for sure. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, I don't even think it needs to be said, but, like, let's just... it. It would be a, almost a travesty, almost a travesty, if by the end of next year, because we already know guys are going to get fired, yeah. if Eric Bieniemy does not have a job at the end of next season. A travesty, yeah, man. I would assume. It's past due. It's past due, man. I think he's going to bring a little edge to the team, going to light a little fire up under the team. He kinda, I think he kind of the one who, you know, bring that edge to, to the offense, at least in Kansas City right now. And then he going to be one of those coaches like Sean and like Kyle Shanahan who they really call the plays. They the, they the head coach and the OC. So no matter how good your offense do, you don't got to worry about your offensive coordinator leaving, going to be a head coach and, and stuff like that, man. So he, gonna, he just going to create his own little wing of that Andy Reid tree and keep on putting guys out. So, man, I think it's overdue, man. Whoever get them, they going to be in the playoffs because he going to crank up your offense like that. That's how smart he is, man. So I'm waiting to see it. Yeah, as as long as uh, he's been talked about, and as long as we're waiting, I just hope he goes to the situation that's that at this point he's waited long enough. You might as well go to the right situation, right? He need to be the, <laughs> he not, need to be next up in like Cincinnati, man. Get a quarterback like that, wide out weapons. Get him in Cincinnati, mix in some bats, get that line right. He crank that offense up so fast. 
I like that. I like that. Obviously, we yeah. gotta give we, get, we give Zach Tyler one more chance there uh, in Cincinnati. But as you said, it probably looks like he's gone if he doesn't uh, hold his end of the bargain this season. Uh, again, this is our pick six series. We did running backs, wide receivers, pass rushers. Uh, uh, who else? Quarterbacks, obviously, and obviously head coaches as well. Not it's head been coaches. fun. Yeah, the head coaches was a, definitely a fun one as well. We'll see how this all. All turns out, and you never know. There might be some head coaches who really take a leap up uh, this season as well, bringing teams sure. uh, to new heights that we haven't predicted uh, so far. Uh, training camp's getting started here in uh, the, near the end of the month of July. Uh, should be a fun one. We'll be back next week with more Call to the Booth. But that completes our Pick 6 series. Hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, we'll have to revisit it maybe halfway through the season or so and see if guys are holding up uh, to where it keeps ranked them this season.